Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome to a very special episode, Coffee with Coot. What if you could ask me any question you wanted to? What if we went to coffee, sat for tea, had lunch, and we got to talk? Today's episode is based on their premise where I field your questions. A few weeks ago, I posted on social media for everyone to send me a bunch of questions that I was about to record a new episode of the Soul Talk podcast. And I said, what what are some questions that you would like to ask me if we sat down to have coffee or tea? Now, funnily enough, I don't drink coffee, but you get the point anyway. I got some great questions and I'm going to be doing my best to answer some of them in today's Coffee with Coot episode Q&A. I'm going to go in uh, random order. Today's show is, as pretty much every show, totally unscripted. But I love these Coffee with Coot episodes because they're much more raw and I get to take your real raw questions. So here we go, folks. Let's dive in. Question number one. I see a question that says, Coop, please speak about the great awakening and rise in consciousness that is happening at this time. And the navigation of this will point us to material where you have covered this. Uh, this is from someone called Yvonne. Yvonne, thank you for your question. Uh, you can definitely scroll through previous episodes uh, maybe a year ago of Soul Talk, and you might see me talking a bit about this, but I really believe that right now, as we are recording this episode, is 2023. We've been through a very deep, profound, uh, life-altering last two and a half, three years. In fact, I believe the last two and a half, 2020, 2021, 2022, the last few years have been a accelerated evolutionary transformational process and period for us as a humanity, as old systems have been collapsing, old ways of doing things have been collapsing, old paradigms, old economic models, old financial systems, old relationship paradigms have been collapsing. Every Anything and anything that is no longer in alignment with the highest evolution of us as a human species has been shaken up. And I really feel as though we are in a profound moment, a quantum leap in consciousness as a humanity. The pandemic has forced us to grow and evolve in a way and, and at an accelerated pace of evolution like never before. On some level, 
uh, for many people as we move into 2023 now and much talk of a recession. Uh, there's lots of folks that are feeling scared and concerned and nervous, which is understandable. But I'm actually feeling tremendously excited, tremendously uh, encouraged, tremendously, shall we say, Mm, uh, opportunistic. Uh, I'm feeling very, I'm feeling filled with a sense of possibility, even though we're in the midst of these challenging times. You know, in any healing process, for true healing to happen, even on an individual level, everything that was buried in the shadow, everything that has been suppressed in the unconscious mind of a human being has to come to light. We have to face our darkness. We have to face our shadow. We have to face all those aspects of ourselves that we have suppressed. And in any true authentic healing process, this has to happen for, for the individual. And I feel as though as a humanity, this is happening for us as a humanity now. And so it can seem a bit intense. It feels a bit intense. It, it is a bit intense as all of the beliefs, cultural beliefs, racial beliefs, systematic beliefs, as all those uh, suppressed belief systems that we have held onto as a collective are being exposed and purged and coming to light. I believe as though during this intense time on planet Earth, the Great Awakening is not necessarily some, you know, purely love and light kumbaya experience. The Great Awakening for the Great Awakening to really happen whatever is not enlightened, whatever is unawakened has to be purified. So we are in the process of purification. We are in a deep process of cleansing. And sometimes it's not pretty to see what's coming out. The world that we see is really a mirror manifestation of the collective consciousness of all of us combined. And so as we see systematic racism being exposed, misogynistic, patriarchal, ideologies being exposed, Me Too movement. As all these things are coming out, corruption in politics being exposed, war, all these things are, to me, a purging of the deep shadow and unconscious of the collective consciousness. And so as we look at the world, you can look at the world and feel a sense of despair, or you can look at the world with a sense of understanding that the Great Awakening isn't free that in any process of giving birth to a new humanity, even in the process of giving birth to a human, it's sometimes messy. We go through a morning sickness process and period. And yes, there's much joy and celebration when a baby is born. But the process of birth, the nine-month incubation process of birth, and the, pro and the actual moment of birth can be intense and challenging and scary and, and, and sometimes downright painful. I feel as though we are in the moment as a humanity, giving birth to itself, giving birth to a new humanity, a new way of living, a new way of being, a new way of thinking, a new way of perceiving, a new way of living, much more in alignment, less ego, in alignment, but much more in alignment with light and source and truth and the divine. And so be encouraged during this time. What can we all do? I would say unplug from the media connect to yourself, go inside. The world is a mirror manifestation of the collective consciousness of all of us combined. We are all molecules. We are all um, aspects in the consciousness of the mind of the universe. 
And so the truth is, what we can all do, we may not be able to change the world and the government and everything and everyone outside, but what we can change is ourselves. And as we shift ourselves, as we heal ourselves, as we heal all of the internal division within, as we heal those places of self-hatred where we drop bombs of of self-hatred and judgment, as we bring self-loving and compassion, as we truly do the inner work to bring ourselves into deeper alignment and integrity and live truth, as we are kinder to ourselves, then we also shift the fabric of consciousness for the entire planet. As we forgive, we come into more harmony. As we come into more harmony, we open that possibility for humanity. And so we all have work to do by taking the personal responsibility. The world that we see is the world that we are. And so, yes, there is a rising consciousness happening. We, you and I, all of us, are born at this unique time in human history. It's no accident that we're born right now. We're born for a reason. Uh, someone called Annette wants me to speak about dealing. Can you deal, talk about dealing with grief when family members you value deeply choose to become estranged from you? Ah, yes, it can be sad and challenging when those you love, especially close family members, that you value deeply, choose to become exchanged from you. But what we must remember, uh, Annette, what we must remember is that first and foremost, we are souls. We are souls and we incarnate into this human experience in order to learn, to grow and evolve. One of the most accelerated, challenging classrooms for us. And if in life is a school, a university for our soul's evolution, and if that's the case, one of the the, the most challenging, difficult, growth-filled, transformational classrooms for us is the classroom with those that are our family members. Our family members are those we grew up with. Our family members are those we have history with. Our family members are those that somehow uh, are part of our conditioning, our traumas, our pain, our hurt, our perspective. Our family members somehow know effortlessly how to push our buttons. And so... Our family members are those that we also are tribally so deeply entrenched with and connected with. But if we realize that we are souls, then we also must acknowledge that every soul has their own journey. Every soul has their own lessons. Every soul has their own destiny and trajectory. And even though it is challenging when family members choose to become estranged from you, we must understand that growing apart and change is a natural cycle of life. Growing apart and change is a natural process of life. Change is an evolution, is part of what it is to be alive and to be human. This is inevitable. Nothing stays the same. Nothing can stay static. Everything is in a continual process of evolution. And so if those uh, family members and you are together, but one of you or either of you are no longer growing, and sometimes we don't, we don't grow at a similar pace, we don't grow in a similar direction. And so when two people come together or a group of souls come together and either, either you learn the lessons that you needed to learn for why your souls have come together, you will then begin to graduate and from that classroom and evolve into a different form of relationship. And or if one or two of you or some of you begin to grow at a different rate, different level vibratory frequency, then eventually you'll no longer be resonating at a, at a similar consciousness that you won't be vibrating together. And that will also mean you grow in different directions, which might mean you become estranged. 
So even just not rest assured that even if you become so-called estranged and are no longer in each other's lives physically, all forms change. This is the nature of life. All forms change, all relationships change. It's dynamic. And because all forms change, what we have to remember is the love. It doesn't mean the love has to shift. The relationship might shift. The connection might shift, but the loving can remain forever. You know, I tell people that some, some people I love the most, I don't see. Some people I love the most, I choose not to be around. Some people I love the most, I'm no longer a vibrational match with those people. I'm not better or worse. We're just resonating in different frequencies. And that might mean we can no longer be, or we can no longer be vibrationally compatible together. And it's okay. You can still love the, those people love your family members from afar and realize that at the level of consciousness and the level of soul and the level of spirit at the deepest level, if we're souls that you're not the body and I'm not the body, that then your family is not just limited to those that you are biologically birthed into. Your family is really everybody because at the deepest level, we are all manifested from consciousness, the oneness, the source energy. And so, so often we have a limited definition of family being our biological family, but you also have your chosen family and your chosen family are those that you are vibrationally aligned with, those that you have similar values with, moving in a similar direction with, with a similar sense of purpose with, and those are also your family. And so we get to expand our definition of family at the same time, but just know that the loving, the loving can always continue, even though the form of the relationship may need to shift. I have a question from, let me go to the next question. I have a question from Jane. Jane says, could I would like to hear how one can remain in peace and alignment within when there is a lot of fear and conflict in the outside world? Really lovely question, Jane. Thank you very much. Um, how can one remain at peace within and alignment when there is fear and conflict in the outside world? Uh, I think one of the simple technical ways is to unplug yourself from the unnecessary information, fear mongering of the media. The media has no interest in you being free. The media has no interest in you being calm and collected and at peace. The media preys on your fear. The media wants to aggravate and instigate fear because the media knows that if you can be afraid, if you live in fear, you can be unstable and you will be disconnected from who you truly are. And if you're in fear, you can be controlled and you can be sold and you can be manipulated. So I think there is an investment in you being afraid because when you're afraid, you're not going to be aligned. You're not going to make rational decisions. You're not going to make rational choices. So unplug yourself from the unnecessary, the news which is constantly pandering and selling fear and then selling false solutions for what will alleviate your fear, like buy this product and buy this thing and eat this thing and pop this pill. This will handle your fear because if you're not afraid, you're free. And if you're free, you cannot be controlled. If you're free, you are, you, you are no longer, shall we say, a prisoner in the matrix. That's power, you see. And so, Yes, there is a lot of fear in the outside world, conflict in the outside world. But the other thing is we, we, we also have to embrace and understand the nature of the world. To understand the nature of three-dimensional reality, to understand the nature of the world we live in. The world we live in is the 3D world. 
the world we live in is the realm of duality. We incarnate as souls into this human experience and this human experience is 3D. It is dualistic in nature. We live in a world of interdependent polaric opposites. So in this world, there is no ultimate utopia. There is no ultimate peace. There is no ultimate, shall we say, uh, uh, kumbaya-ness. The world is 3D duality, interdependent polaric opposites. That's the nature of life. So we have to stop looking for peace and ultimate sort of safety in the world. There is no peace and ultimate safety in the world. Now, obviously, I wish for all of us to be safe and be peaceful. But the nature of the world, the nature of the world is, is, is interdependent polaric opposites. Up, down, black, white, rich, poor, tall, short, male, female, yin, yang. It's the Tao. So if you want true peace, true freedom, stop looking for peace and freedom in the world because the world is changing. The world is transitory. The world is temporary. And if you place your sense of peace and freedom out here in the world, you will never be peaceful. You'll never be free. You will always be agitated and you will always be a slave to the comings and goings, the up and down, the constant changes of the world. The true dimension of peace and freedom is inside of you. The true realm, domain of peace and freedom is in the depth of your being. And you can connect there, meditate, unplug yourself from the, see, there is, an, there is a, a war for your attention. I'm saying unplug yourself from the externalized, fixated focus of the world because media wants you to be fixated on external factors because if you're fixated out here, you're not going to go inside. The external is constantly changing up and down. Stock market goes up and down. No peace out here, right? So much you can't control out here. The real domain and dimension of peace is inside, which is why media doesn't want your attention to go inside. Because when you go inside, deeper and deeper, beyond the body, beyond your name, beyond the form, beyond the ego, you begin to connect with a dimension of yourself, a dimension of your being that is eternal, that is not transitory, that is peace itself, that is your true nature. And your true nature is peace. Your true nature is happiness. Your true nature is being. The more you go inside, the more peaceful you will be. The more you connect with who and what you are, the more calm you will be. Then it will give you the ability from that place of groundedness and internal connection and alignment to be in the world and be free because you're no longer looking for the world or needing the world, or needing people, or needing things to be a certain way in order to have peace. Peace is an inside job. Peace is inside. So look inside. That's what I would say for now. Let me find another question. Susan says, can you share ways to find a non-religious religion? <laughs> ways to find a non-religious religion, how to find your own authentic religion that isn't conformist. Great question. How to find your own authentic religion that's, that's non-conformist. Uh, 
a non-religious religion, ultimately, I don't care what your religion is. To me, that means very little. I don't care if you can chant the, the Bible, quote the Bible, chant the Upanishads, the holy texts, do all sorts of mudras and mantras, chant all sorts of qualis. To me, I don't care. What I care about, and for me, the ultimate religion that everybody understands, that is universal, is love. Because if you can chant the holy texts and speak in tongues and perform miracles and quote the Upanishads, but you treat your wife or your husband like crap. You abuse your child. You're mean to those around you. What is the use of religion if there is no love? What is the use of religion if there is no kindness? What is the use of religion if there's no genuine sincerity, sensitivity, compassion, empathy? Then religious religion means nothing. It's just a show. It's just a sham. So I think the true essence of any religion, nonconformist speaking, is loving. Are you loving now or are you not loving? Does it matter what you are, what you're not? Are you loving now or are you not loving? To me, there's nothing more religious. There's nothing more holy. There's nothing more spiritual than that. And I think we can remember that when we begin to see the spirit inside of each and every human. When we begin to remember that what I am is what you are, that the recognition of our own deep shared beingness, that we are all being lived and breathed by the same one consciousness. Mother Teresa, who did amazing work, would often talk about she saw Christ in every single person she picked up. And I think that's what we get to do. Because let's say you go to a sick person and religion means nothing, but what means everything is a helping hand. What means everything is feeding them. What means everything is a hug. What means everything is a smile. And when you dare to live that, you know, in a world that can sometimes be so hard, right? In a world that can sometimes be so harsh, in a world that can seemingly chew you up and spit you out, where many of us are walking around like and wondering, questioning, do I really matter? Does anyone really care? People spending time alone on Christmas Day, people spending time alone on Thanksgiving and birthdays, people going through life wondering, does my life even matter? If you are able to look someone in the eyes and say, hey, I see you, I recognize you, I honor you, you matter, your existence means something, you matter on this planet, I'm here, and I love you, and I bless you, thank you. Just that is a gift. That act of loving is sacred. To me, that's religion. To live that, if you live love, and I'm not talking being perfect, but if you live love, and loving can mean in a moment where someone's a little reactive in the coffee shop or the grocery store, rather than reacting back and snapping back and be going into judgment, you choose to extend a little bit of grace. 
perhaps with your spouse when they're a little snappy, you you choose to be a little kind, a bit patient. Love is patient, love is kind, yes. So love for me, that is my religion. And I invite you to consider that as the most authentic religion possible because at the foundation of all religions, they will all agree on love. To me, that's the bottom line. Let's see, folks. Uh, let me take a, maybe a couple more questions on today's episode of Coffee with Coot. Uh, Coot, can you speak? Please talk about peace and surrender through physical pain. Dealing with physical pain. Look, uh, I'll make this one quick because I talk a bit about this in the Magic of Surrender book. Folks, if you haven't listened to the Magic of Surrender book or, or read the Magic of Surrender book, listen to that. I talk a bit about this uh, topic of physical pain uh, as it relates. And I use Lady Gaga, the singer, as a reference. But I would say that physical pain, any kind of pain, is a messenger. It's not bad. Many times we vilify it. Many times we see it as bad. Many times we see it as negative and we resist it. We judge it. We try to get rid of it. In fact, we take pop pills to just numb the feeling of physical pain, which just keeps the pain stuck and keeps the pain buried, keeps the pain suppressed inside of our physiology. We must learn to develop and cultivate a whole new relationship with physical pain, to see physical pain as a blessing. To, fee, to see physical pain as a gift, to see physical pain as your friend, to see physical pain as feedback. The physical pain is a manifestation of something deeper. Physical pain is a messenger. In fact, I would say physical pain is a sign that you're healthy. For instance, if you have a fire alarm and the fire alarm goes off in your house because there's a fire in your house, that's not that something is wrong. It's a sign that the fire alarm is working and we have to pay attention to the fire alarm. The challenge is the fire alarm goes off in our body, i.e. physical pain, and many of us, we distract from it. We suppress it, we drink it away, we smoke it away, we sex it away, we drug it away, we, we numb it away, we pill it away, we, we you know, uh, painkiller it away so that we never really deal with the message of the pain. Underlying every pain is a message. Underlying every pain, something is seeking to communicate to you. Your unconscious is communicating to you through your body. So develop a relationship with the pain. Don't push it away. Sit with it and ask yourself, body, what are you trying to tell me? Body, what do you want me to hear? Body, what am I not listening to? Body, what am I lying to myself about? Where am I not in integrity? If you listen to the message of the pain, the pain will probably speak to you. The pain will likely speak to you. And if you heed the message of the pain and start addressing and course correcting and taking action whilst taking care of your body simultaneously, likely the pain may dissolve, the pain may lessen, the pain may go away. As you, I always tell people, also don't resist the pain, embrace the pain, welcome the pain. So firstly, acknowledge the pain. Welcome the pain, embrace the pain, surrender to that it might be there and listen to the message. Once you listen to the message, course correct and then bring yourself back into alignment. Those are some thoughts on dealing with physical pain. 
Let me see, folks, if there are any other uh, questions. Uh, I've gone a little long today. Uh, I, I see a few questions are a bit repetitive. Um, Travis has a quick question. As a thought leader, uh, I wonder how you could reassure your audience that you are human and still have flaws and problems. My biggest issue with thought leaders is that they have to pander to the lowest common denominator uh, who doesn't understand it when they speak of anything other than the altruistic, bright, beautiful self, which is obviously a construct, but of course, don't... Okay. Uh, uh, thanks, Travis. Interesting question. Um, and, and so look, at the level of the personality, here, here's how I've dealt with it, okay? For many, 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 many years, I did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of freaking work on myself. Uh, like for, for 20 years, there was a constant you know, uh, working on myself, fixing myself, therapy, 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 healing, processes, feeling, therapy, shamans, this, that, constant seeking. And there was a lot of work I did, you know, growing up to heal my um, traumas around feeling rejected, inadequacies, insecurities, abandonment issues, pain, hurt, you know, from feeling unloved by my father, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I could go on, go go on and on about that. But there came a moment where here's where the shift happened for me. Um, so, so what I would say is when I realized that there is no perfection at the level of the personality, that changed my relationship with myself, that changed my relationship with my flaws, that changed my relationship with my imperfection, my, my constant impatience, you know, uh, my anger, you know, grow, growing up. And, and so once I realized there's no such thing as perfection at the level of personality, no matter how much therapy I do, no, ma no matter how much healing I do as a human being, I'm never going to perfect myself. It shifted everything. When I was in India, the first time I was there, I sat with a so-called enlightened being. And he said, Coot, if you're trying to change yourself, fix yourself, change your flaws, you better hurry up and do it now because whenever you get enlightened, you just won't give a shit. You won't really care about and what i really understood was when you really know who you are when you understand that you're not just this ego personality this human you're not just these flaws then the version of you that you're trying to fix and change you won't take it seriously anymore because you 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 will know that that is not really who you are you'll know that what you are is an infinite being and so I tell people I'm far from perfect, never been perfect, far from perfect, but, you know, that's perfect. That's perfect. And so personally, I've never pretended to be perfect. I've just always been what I am and sought to be what I am in any given moment, true to what I am. And so for me, what I've learned around things like my impatience is to not make the issue about the issue, but make it more about, can I love myself as I am? Can I love myself in my imperfections? Can I love myself, you know, as I work through my stuff 
you know, one of the things I had to work through over the years was this pattern of, we'll call it, I don't want to call it a flaw, but a pattern of over-independence. I would never let anybody help me. People wanted to help me. No, I would push them away. I pushed people away because I wanted to do everything myself. It was a kind of flaw. My friends would say, Koo, what's wrong with you? And what I realized over the years, this is something I had to work with. What I realized over the years was my inability to receive help, my inability to let people support and help me, my constant need to give and give and give and give and give, which was a mechanism of control, but also my constant need to, to push help away. Because growing up, for me, maybe this will resonate with someone. Growing up for me, I kind of felt alone. I was the caretaker for my emotional caretaker for my mother. My father wasn't around. And so deep down, subconsciously, I felt as though there was no one there to take care of my needs. No one there to, there was no one there for me. So I had to be there for myself. And it became much more easy and simple to just handle everything myself, do everything myself and not let anyone help me. Because if I don't truly be vulnerable and let you people help me, then I can't be disappointed. That's something major I had to work through. I mean, I could go on and on. There's many things I've had to move through and work through, Travis, over the years. Uh, but that will be a whole nother episode, which we'll come to at some point. And so anyway, folks, as human beings, we're all doing the best that we can do in this particular moment. And I have tremendous respect for humanity. I have tremendous respect for the process of what it is to be human. Because many of us, we've been hurt, we've been traumatized, we've been abused, we've gone through so much stuff. I work with clients that come to Bali, clients that come to my events, clients that, and, and as humans, we, and I've heard some stories, folks, that will crack your heart open. And yet you will look at these people and you will never know. And as human beings, we've been through so much. And yet here we are listening to this podcast. You know who you are. Maybe this is speaking to you. You've been through so much. And you have every reason to give up, every reason to be mad, every reason to be bitter, every reason to just give up, throw in the white towel. But here you are reaching for the light, reaching for greatness, reaching for your highest self and possibility. And so I believe in the human spirit. I believe in you. It's not easy being human. The human thing is hard sometimes. And so as you're on the path of evolution, friends, be gentle with yourself. Maybe you feel you should be further along. Be gentle with yourself. Because it takes courage to be alive. It takes courage to love. It takes courage to love again after you've been betrayed and heartbroken. It takes courage to open your heart and be vulnerable when maybe those that were supposed to have taken care of you didn't. So wherever you are in your healing process, just know. You're doing okay. Just know I'm sending you love and prayers right now. Just know your unique way of being 
is a unique offering and gift to the soup, the tapestry of human life. Folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, Coffee with Coot. We'll do another one at some point, yes. We'll dive in, we'll explore, and we'll dive deeper. Anyway, folks, sending you much love, sending you many blessings. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please share it with friends and family. Do me a favor, folks. Please write a review on Amazon and make sure you are subscribed to Soul Talk. Also, for those that feel ready for the next level of their life, if you're feeling ready to go to your next level, like you know 2023 is your year, this is the year that I am doing my final two Bali events. This July, the 28th, I'm doing Boundless Bliss Bali. For those of you that know, you know. For those of you that don't, you can check out the website, www.boundlessblissbali.com. If you're someone you feel a calling to make a difference on the planet, if you're someone you know that you are here for a reason bigger than yourself and you feel ready to heal your patterns, to connect with your power, to share your gifts with the world, and you know that your time is now, I want to invite you to check out the website, www.boundlessblissbali.com. Read it, apply, and let's rock and roll. All the information's there, folks. I hope to see you in Bali, July the 28th. We begin. Until next week, sending you much love, many blessings. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.